Welcome to the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. This is the place where we help young entrepreneurs make, keep, and grow wealth that you can enjoy now and for years to come. I'm your host, Jack Gibson, a serial entrepreneur, founder of multiple seven and eight figure businesses and wealth building strategies. Each week, I'm gonna share my tips, resources, and secrets to help you create a plan and build the life you've dreamed of. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. I'm Jack Gibson. I'm your show host. I'm your wealth strategist. I'm your financial coach. I don't know what the fuck else I am, but I'm here to help you make some fucking money, all right? So let's do this the right way. Let's build some wealth. Let's bless some people. Let's be good humans. And uh, things are going to work out real well. We're going to have a fun, happy life. So I want to talk to you guys in this inaugural episode about what the wealthy do, how they think, what their philosophy is. And I also want to talk to you about the entrepreneurial dilemma. I want to give you an overall strategy of how to go about the wealth building process. And then on the next few episodes, we're going to go into specific, a deep dive into my seven-step strategic process to really help you not only earn more money, but keep more of it and grow it quicker. And uh, I have this saying, I couldn't put it on the front page of my website. My coach told me to. He said, it should say fuck retirement. It says forget retirement. I just couldn't do that in case my mom goes to the front page of the website or somebody in my you know, family goes there. So I had this thought process, like I wanna enjoy my life now. I don't wanna wait 40 years, 50 years till retirement. I think for a lot of you listening, you probably feel the same way. And you know, uh, we're gonna talk about on future episodes how the whole retirement fallacy and age 65 came to be. But uh, for today, let's dive in and build some wealth. So the um, first thing I wanna talk to you guys about is the entrepreneurial dilemma. I know a lot of you listening are probably entrepreneurs. Maybe you're an employee, but you have a side hustle. Um, we're we're uh, probably going to attract a lot of people that are entrepreneurs to this show because that's who I am, and uh, and that's what you know I'm all about. But um, this show is about investing and in, in, in personal finance. So whether you are an entrepreneur, or you're a W two wage earner, and you have a job, that's fine. That's great. You know you're going to be able to take what you learn on this show and you're going to be able to apply it and uh, get some really uh, incredible results. Um, I do want to say though, you know, the wealth building process is, if it's done right, it is a slow process. It is not, it's never an overnight thing. And if, if anybody ever tells you otherwise, you know, they're, they're selling you a house of cards that uh, just has no solid foundation. So Entrepreneurial dilemma is the real, you know, I when I really understood this about myself and, and others are really, man, like a light bulb went off, right? And basically what this means is that entrepreneurs, what makes us really good in the entrepreneurial game, which is taking risks, being aggressive, being assertive, getting after it, working hard, sun up to sun down, those skills and those philosophies and that way of working and being serves us really, really well and helps us make really good money in that particular field. However, what we automatically seem to assume is that that is automatically going to translate over until the wealth building game. And it does not work that way. <laughs> Investing and keeping money and growing money 
requires a different mindset, a different skill set, and a different way of thinking of being than what it takes to be an entrepreneur. So that's why you see a lot of entrepreneurs, they make a lot of money in their business and then they lose it all. They spend it all on, you know, stupid bullshit, uh, luxury liabilities. And uh, they go boom and bust, boom and bust, boom and bust. So I want to teach you guys how to uh, avoid the entrepreneurial dilemma and, and just understand how you're wired and what you're wired and geared towards doing so that you can avoid some of these costly mistakes that I've made over the last couple decades and really uh, get to where I am a lot faster. One thing I really want you guys to be really crystal clear on is I'm not here on this show, on this platform that I've created, I'm not here to get anything from you. I am already, I already have two private businesses that are very successful. Both of one did eight figures um, in revenue, another did seven figures. I have um, 20, 25, 30 properties. I don't even know how many as of this particular recording. I've got, um, you know, I got a, I've got equity in some other private businesses and private money loans and mortgage notes. I got I got a lot of things. I'm independently wealthy. I do not need anything from you other than I want to give to you. I want to bless you. I want to, I want to help empower you. I want what I do want, you know, honestly, I'll be honest. I do want something from you. I want your story. I want to be in your testimonial. The greatest thing for me is like my primary love language. If you've ever read that book, the five love languages is words of affirmation or words of praise. I love it when people just say great things about me, right? I mean, we hey, you know, it is what it is. That's how I'm built. So I want this to work. I want what I'm teaching you and what I'm uh, what you're learning through my platform. I want you to come back and say, Jack, wow, thank you so much for all that you poured into me. That's what I want. I want you to be a testimonial on my website and do a video and say, this is what I learned and this is what I changed and this is what I got out of it. And this is how it's changed my life. That's what I really want from you. So um, I just want impact. I want to, I want to move. You know, I was in survival mode for the first, you know, several years of my life that I moved into success. And then, you know, I, I'm moving into this stage called significance. And I, I really want to, I want to be significant for you. So I'm going to back up, you know, talk to you about um, what happened to me back in college, you know, I was uh, really hardworking in college. You know, I, I started a, a side hustle business in the nutrition field, worked like crazy, um, went to, you know, sun up to sundown all the way through for the first three years of college. And, you know, I um, saved up and banked over $50,000 in cash. You know, at that time, that was 90, 98, 99, 2000. And so that's, you know, it's probably hundred grand now in today's dollars. And so I put a big chunk of that into high-risk tech stocks because the stock market and tech stocks were cranking. I mean, they were going up 40% per year. So I'm like, fear of missing out. I'm, I'm my money sitting in the bank. It's not making any money. It's not, it's not really doing anything for me. I want to put it to work. I want to start building wealth. Well, this story did not end well. <laughs> this was right before the dot-com bubble burst in 2000. You know, that event... You know, my stocks went down 50%. And then there's this thing called being an adult, right? Like once you get out of college, there's this thing called bills. <laughs> so I bought a house. 
I was doing well in my business and my friends talked me into buying a BMW. I, and then, you know, I'm, I'm living the life and then my business drops and then the stock market drops. And I had, I found out, I found out just how unstable my financial plan really was. That event sent me back a few years, you know, and honestly, it scarred me for a long time on the stock market. So I knew I had to do something different if I wanted different results. You know, we as humans, we seem to be hardwired to attempt to make as much money possible with the least amount of effort possible, which is just how it is. You know, when I look back, of course, hindsight's always 2020, but I'm really, I'm talking to you young listeners, like trying to help guide you guys to do, avoid the mistakes that I made. You know, what I should have done with that cash I should have banked it and then utilized it to invest back into myself and my own business to put it into hypergrowth by investing in myself. I mean, continued education like books, seminars, hiring business coaches to help me develop new ways of thinking and being. And then by investing into my business, I mean, you know, more marketing, advertising, um, creating new training systems and structures, possibly opening up brick and mortar locations. The best investment will always be into yourself and your own company. You know, and so I switched my focus from making as much money as possible from speculative investments to building as much safe income as possible from my investments. I made my focus safety first. Okay. So if you think in terms of the overall strategy of what the wealthy think and do and how they, what their philosophy is, okay? If we wish to become like them, we need to understand them. And the wealthy think and act with the motto safety first. They, they first focus on building multiple streams of safe passive income. They build their wealth on a base of conservative income producing assets, you know, often including their own company or companies. They then take a portion of their passive income and they speculate with it. So, you know, the problem that I've run into, you know, throughout my uh, investment career was that my speculative nature, that aggressive risk-taking side of me that serves me so well in business was still lurking in the shadows of my decisions for example, I migrated from the market to learning and investing into real estate about six years ago. And instead of just getting solid base hits that produce average returns, I went predominantly for riskier, higher yielding C-class properties that looked really good on paper. You know, I was really going for cash flow, like, you know, started off 15, 20% returns. That was, it was incredible, even bigger. Uh, but actually, these properties had a hard time, you know, actualizing the paper returns that look so good over time. So I've moved since then. I've moved my investments into quality single family homes that attract quality tenants or homes that are still seized, but on the very edges of gentrifying quality neighborhoods. I moved it into high cash value whole life insurance that pays consistent dividends to mortgage backed notes that pay steady interest. And then I also do some big projects with a, a group of other investors in the self-storage space. You know, people that rent out a self-storage locker for 100, 150 bucks a month, right? And that, 
Uh, and then in addition, I've got private money loans to people starting businesses that I have knowledge in. And so I get equity and interest payments in those businesses. And then even out of the box income strategies like mining cryptocurrency. Now, I don't know the first thing about the technology and how to set all that up. I've got a partner and he does all that. I put up the capital, right? So at the same time, you know, my wife, Karen and I, you know, we're very careful with consumer debt. You know, I, I picked up some wealth mentors who taught me to never use debt to acquire depreciating assets, uh, depreciating asset, right? Cars, boats, uh, usually uh, toys, right? You get poorer with each payment instead of richer. They told me to fund investments, you know, not the toys like the, the jet skis and the vacation homes and, and the boats. And along with shunning consumer debt, they were adamant that I must never ever speculate with my principal capital, except a small percentage depending on my age and my ability to recover. So for example, I would suggest that, um, you know, if you're younger, you know, maybe under 30 years old, you could speculate with about 20% of your principal. In other words, do higher risk, higher reward type uh, plays, you know, in cryptocurrency or, you know, small tech stocks or biotechnology type, type stocks, you know, futuristic type, um, type speculative gambles, right? That can really go parabolic if you hit the right ones. And then the rest of it, say 80%, that would be, you know, in these safe, you know, careful cash flow producing assets. You know, as the more you age, the less time you have to recover if your speculation doesn't work out. So that's why, you know, probably, you know, around five, 10% of your total principal initial investing um, money should be going towards these higher risk, higher reward plays. So they said, you know, I should only ever speculate with that small portion of my investment income. This way, if, even if all my speculations went to zero, my lifestyle and my wealth would be unaffected. You know, you never want to risk your current lifestyle for a better one. Guys, this is huge. I'm going to, I'm going to say it one more time. You never want to risk your current lifestyle for a better one. It's not worth it. Whatever I lose on my speculations, you know, I could replenish in just a year when I receive more income from my private businesses, from my rents, from my dividends, and my interest payments. So if we apply this strategic thinking, let's give you an example of what's going on in the marketplace right now. There's this cryptocurrency that's really starting to catch a buzz. I'm seeing a lot of people that I know on Facebook posting about Dogecoin. Okay, Doge, Dogecoin was, it was created as a joke about 2013. It has no intrinsic usage. In other words, there is absolutely nothing, no blockchain, no project underneath the currency like most cryptocurrencies have that has value and that, uh, you know, people are actually going to use. The second part about it is that it has an infinite supply. So, uh, it's a it's a uh, depreciating asset. In other words, more coins that are ad added to it, you know, then uh, th it's just going to create inflation. It's going to devalue your coin. So 
based on these two reasons, I decided to stay away from adding this to my portfolio as I'm, you know, I'm working on building a long-term sustainable investment plan and not a short-term speculative gambling plan. So what you guys got to understand about, you know, like how, how does this apply to the wealthy, right? How this, what is Dogecoin today have to do with the wealthy? Well, I can tell you this, the wealthy would never touch it. And if they did touch it, it would be with a small percentage of their total portfolio, amount that they could be very comfortable losing. You know, you think about this coin that was created as a joke. It has a $40 billion market cap. You know, there's some really great companies out there that provides products and services that high quality products and services to millions of people around the globe that have 5.5 billion, 6 billion, 7 billion market caps. So I don't see any or any other way of this story than ending badly. You know, however, I've been wrong before. So I tell guys, look, if you want to buy Dogecoin, let it rip, but do so with a small allocation and realize you are gambling and not long-term investing, which I'm not against a little responsible gambling every now and then. I like to play high stakes poker. I, I mean, it's not really gambling for me because I win more than I lose, right? But I still have times where it blows up on me and I don't win, right? Oh man, I feel sorry for my wife when those those nights because I'm a super competitive person, right? So here's what I, I want you guys to get like super clear on, okay? It's it's really important that you have an overall strategic process that is gonna help guide you and dictate to you so that it helps you keep your on track with your plan and keep your emotions in check. You know, it's really tempting right now. Cryptocurrency is going to the moon. It's really tempting. I've, I've doubled my money in three or four months. It's tempting for me not to, you know, sell off some assets uh, that are, you know, making seven, eight, nine, 10% and turning those into cash and then converting that into crypto. I'm telling you, I'm tempted, you know? I mean, it's, it's my, my portfolio has gone parabolic. But look, we got to have proper asset allocation. We can't put all our eggs in one asset class. Financial advisors, you know, is, is there's some great ones out there and there's some, some that there's some out there that aren't so great, right? Just like any business. And so many of them, you know, they promote stocks and bonds and like this is the only two asset classes that exist. I have... I think 10 different asset classes that I'm invested into and none of my wealth as of today, none of that has been made in stocks and bonds, nothing, not $1 that I can account for has been made in those two areas. So this is a podcast. This is a show for those of you that want to think differently. You want to be different. You don't want to follow the mainstream advice. Look, the way you make the money, you guys, and create wealth is going against mainstream. It's joining the 3% and walking away from the other 97%. And right now, the, you know, the big mainstream is after Dogecoin. So I would be very, very fearful when others are, are greedy. And I'd be greedy when other people are fearful. So buckle up, stay tuned, because on my show, we're going to dive into the seven-step strategic process, teaching why a strategy is so important over tactics. I have incredible guests lined up, experts in 
real estate and self-storage syndication. I'm going to bring on cryptocurrency experts. I'm going to bring on um, wealth management, you know, like wealth protection, entity protection experts. I'm going to bring on tax savings and tax strategy experts for you. Uh, guys, this show is going to hit on every single possible component of how to put an effective wealth building strategy in place. And I'm so excited that you've chosen to be here with me on this journey. I welcome all of your questions. I will answer every single question that comes into me. I promise you, whether I respond to you directly or I answer your question on the show, you can absolutely guarantee if you have a question, it is my word, it is my pledge that I will figure out a way to carve time out to answer your question. So please don't hesitate to send questions in. I'd really appreciate it if you considered telling other people about my show and sharing it as quickly as possible. It'll really uh, help me out with the uh, algorithms to get this boosted up so more people can um, get this uh, life-changing content in their hands and all these uh, concepts and things, strategic plans that I've used to change my life and um, really create an incredible lifestyle for me and my family. So with that, thank you so much. Have a great day, you guys. That's a wrap for this episode of the Indestructible Wealth Podcast. Before we part ways, I wanna help you take advantage of two incredible tax saving strategies that could help you save a lot of money. All you have to do is leave me a five-star review, if I've earned it, and comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in. After you've done that simple step, just email me a screenshot at reviews at myindestructiblewealth.com, and I'll send you everything you need to save money on your taxes for years to come. If you'd like to dive deeper into your own wealth-building strategy, check us out at myindestructiblewealth.com and follow along on social media. Also, please share this podcast with anyone who's looking for guidance on their own wealth building journey. Until next time, remember our mission here is to help you make, keep, and grow wealth you can enjoy now and for years to come.